Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. In the 1950s, the Quakers coined an expression, maybe you've heard it, they called it speaking truth to power. In recent days in the news, we've heard that phrase over and over again. It's interesting how things come back around. There is a, a resurgence of certain ideas and expressions, speaking truth to power. Well, may I say to you, sometimes that must be done in the spiritual realm. And that's exactly what the prophet Micah was called on to do. You see, Micah was a commoner. He wasn't, he wasn't a, an aristocratic type person. He's even been referred to as the prophet of the poor. He was a contemporary with Isaiah about that same time period, but he was called on to prophesy to the two capitals. Listen to Micah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah the Morsethite in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Don't miss that. Samaria, Jerusalem. What are those two places? They're the two capitals. Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. Jerusalem was the capital of the southern kingdom. And so what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with a, a poor man, a commoner, an everyday fella that was commissioned by God to speak God's truth to powerful people. I want you to know that takes some courage and that takes some faith. And most people, when they talk about speaking truth to power, they mean by that, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell you what I think, no matter how powerful you are. That's not at all what we're talking about when we come to Micah. Now, Micah was called on to speak not his truth, but God's truth. May I say to you, that's what this world needs today. It needs God's truth. And even in powerful places, in places like Washington, D.C., in London, England, in great cities and great capital areas, among powerful people, among the wealthy and leaders, do you know what is needed? A return to truth. And Micah is an illustration of that. His name means, who is like unto Jehovah? Interestingly enough, he will actually use that phrase in his writings. In Micah chapter 7, verse 18, he will say, Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. I love this. How could he look the politicians in the face without fear? How could he speak in Samaria and Jerusalem? How could he speak to kings and unflinchingly tell them the truth? Because he had a greater king. He was serving one more powerful than them, and he knew who that was. You see, in our day, we need to return to that mentality that man is just man no matter who the man is. But God is always greater. Micah's ministry spans at least 40 years and it's an amazing ministry. I hope you'll take the time to read through this entire little book of the Bible known as Micah. But the theme of the book is very simple. It's this. It's the failure of rulers and the faithful ruler. And I say ruler with a capital R because it's a reference to Christ, to Messiah. He breaks down how every class of rulers had failed. 
Uh, the civil rulers, the princes had failed, he says in chapter 3, verse 1. The prophets had failed. They were the moral rulers, chapter 3, verse 5. The priest, uh, they were supposed to be the spiritual rulers. They were corrupt. So every type of ruler that God had put in place, the princes, the prophets, and the priest, all of them had miserably failed. Now listen to that list again. Prophet, priest, and prince. Prophet, priest, and king. What is this? Mike is reminding us that men always fail, but Christ never does. What are the three eternal offices of the Lord Jesus Christ? Friend, Jesus is prophet, He is priest, and He is king. And in every way that the rulers failed, the ruler is always faithful. Don't you love that truth? Would you choose today to let Christ be your king? Would you choose today to let Christ rule over you? That doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to authorities or submit to authorities because we're called on to do that and to pray for them. But it is to say this, they need the same thing we need. They need the truth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The key to this book, I think, is found in Micah chapter number 6. I want to give you two verses. One gives us the situation and the other gives us the solution. First, the situation. Micah chapter 6 verse 2 says, Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy. And ye strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with His people, and He will plead with Israel. Here's the key word, controversy. We've all been in controversies. It's one thing to have a controversy with man, but it's quite another thing to have a controversy with God. And here God says, I have a controversy with you. In other words, He didn't fail, we did. The problem's on our end. He has a controversy with us. And so if that's the situation, what's the solution? Well, in the same chapter, Micah chapter 6 in verse number 8, we read this beautiful verse. The Bible says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Don't you love it that God shows us what He wants? People say, what does God want from me anyhow? Here's the answer. He wants you to do justly, do right. He wants you to love mercy, and He wants you to walk humbly with your God. Friend, if God's people today would simply do right, love mercy, and walk humbly with God, so many of the problems and struggles we're dealing with right now, we would not have. You see, so many of the controversies we make. Now there's spiritual conflict all around us. There's going to be battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil as long as we're in this world. But so much conflict and so much controversy comes with God and with one another because we're not doing justly. We're not loving mercy, and we're not walking humbly before our God. As you walk through the little book of Micah, there are three or four natural divisions, and they're all marked by the word here. You can mark them for yourself as you walk through the Word of God. Chapter 1, verse 2, chapter 3, verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1, here, here, here. Can I tell you what the Lord's looking for today? He's looking for somebody that will get in tune with heaven. Somebody that will hear His Word, who will be in tune to His voice. We are so in tune to Samaria and Jerusalem. Excuse me. We're so in tune to Washington, D.C. and Hollywood that we're not nearly in tune with God like we ought to be. And so what do we need? We need someone to come along and remind us that it's not about man. It's always about God. It's not about princes, prophets, and priests. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about listening to Him and doing what He wants. Let me close by sharing with you one of the most famous prophecies in the whole Bible. Hundreds of years before Messiah came, it was prophesied where he would be born. Micah chapter 5, verse 1. 
Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. By the way, that happened at Calvary. But now listen to verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Don't you know that the commoner, this poor prophet, delighted in telling them that a strong king and Messiah was going to come in a little place called Bethlehem Ephrata? Oh, it's a reminder to us. Another commoner came. His name was Christ. He became a man without ceasing to be God, to bring us to himself. It's not about our power. It's about his. It's not about man's rule. It's about God's rule. Would you choose to let the Lord rule over you today? He is the only faithful king. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.